what do you get, Moses? Moses was the man who already had it all. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace where tuxedoed servants delivered his every dish and wish. But Moses fled Egypt and lived in the boonies for 40 years. And one unassuming day, he was leading his father-in-law's flock through the wilderness where he saw a bush that burned but did not burn up. God called Moses out of that bush and called him to something higher. He said, Moses, I've heard my people's cries. I've seen their slavery. And I want you to lead them out of slavery into freedom. And Moses stuttered through excuses. Well, that, 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 that's, that's awesome, Lord. You, 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 should, you, should, you should definitely do that through somebody else. And God asked Moses what he was holding. He said, ah, oh, it's just, just my walking stick. So God told Moses to throw that walking stick down. And when he did, the stick turned into a snake. And Moses thought, oh, I've never seen that before. And then probably thought, oh, great, that's just what the world needs, another snake. And God told him to pick it up. He did. It turned back into a stick. And Moses really thought, I have never seen that before. And God let Moses know that's just the preview, the trailer for what he was about to see. So Moses marched into Egypt and stuttered to Pharaoh to let God's people go. And Pharaoh said, no. And now Moses had front row seats to see God show Pharaoh and Moses who's boss. Moses watched God turn water into blood, then bring more frogs than a Muppet's costume party. He saw God strike Egypt with lice, then flies, then all of Egypt's cows, then boils, then hail to destroy their crops, then locusts to destroy what the hail didn't, then darkness for three days, finally, the death of every firstborn in Egypt. And Moses saw it all. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to There is a Place on Simplify. Pharaoh finally folded and Moses marched millions of once were slaves out of Egypt until they towed the Red Sea. Then they heard a rumbling and turned around to see Pharaoh's army bearing down on them. Pharaoh was chasing after his workforce to bring his workforce back to work. But before Pharaoh could get to them, God separated his people by a cloud, which proved to be darkness to Egypt, but light to Israel. And Moses lifted that dollar store walking stick over the Red Sea and Israel marched between two walls of water and Moses saw it all. I wonder what the fish thought. Um, why are all these people in our house? Once God's people were safe on the other side, God lifted that cloud and Egypt chased Israel with a fury, their horses galloping as fast as their hooves could gallop. But before they could catch up to one Israelite, God pulled the pins off their chariot wheels. <laughs> our God don't play. And God crashed those water walls down on Egypt. And Moses and his millions of once were slaves watched as their once were slave drivers all washed up on the shore. After 430 years of slavery, God finally freed them, and Moses saw it all. While they wandered, suddenly somebody heard another rumbling, and they turned to see, but no chariots were giving chase. So what was that rumbling? It was a million stomachs growling at the same time. But there's no Kroger out here. <laughs> Even if there were, who in the world has the groceries to feed two million hangry people in the desert? God does. At the beginning of every day but the Sabbath day, God rained down manna for them to eat. Then there was another rumbling. This rumbling was a grumbling. They were thirsty. And God told Moses to strike a rock with that stick, and he did. And water poured out of the rock like water, and everybody lapped it up. 
Then God called Moses to the top of the mountain, where God himself wrote ten commandments on two stone tablets with his own finger, and Moses saw it all. And when Moses marched down the mountain, he was appalled as he saw God's holy people dancing unclothed and unrestrained in front of a golden calf they made, worshiping this golden calf they just made for bringing them out of Egypt, as if a golden calf they just made actually opened up the Red Sea and crashed the water walls down on Pharaoh's formidable army. And Moses was appalled. He climbed back up the mountain and he prayed an intercessory prayer that saved their lives. And in the middle of that prayer, Moses prayed this prayer. Lord, please show me your glory. Now, (laughs) time out. Wait a minute, Moses. Let's review, Rev. You've seen God turn a stick into a snake and water into blood. You've you've seen God send a 10-plague tornado on Egypt. You saw God open the Red Sea for Israel and close it on Egypt. You saw God give you manna from heaven and water from a rock. You saw God edge ten commandments on two tablets with his own finger. Moses, all due respect, you've seen it all. Moses pastored millions at the first megachurch in church history. He saw signs and wonders and miracles on the daily. But Moses still had one prayer request, and I pray it is ours. Moses prayed, Lord, please show me your glory. Moses wanted to see more than just the signs and wonders and power of God. Moses wanted to see the glory, the royalty, the majesty, the purity, the holiness of God. And God answered Moses. And sometimes hearing what God doesn't say is as powerful as hearing what he does. When Moses prayed, God, please show me your glory, God did not tell him, Oh boy, Moses, I would, but I'm fresh out. You've already seen it all. There's nothing more to see than the Red Sea. But rather, God told Moses, okay, if you want to see my glory, there is a place by me. And God brought Moses toward that place. And when he got to that place, Moses, who had seen the power and the goodness and the sovereignty of God and even heard the name of God, was abundantly blessed to see the glory of God. I've seen a lot in church. One Sunday night, a precious lady took off dancing while playing the tambourine. She didn't read the fine print in the temporal player safety manual that it's hazardous to your health and others to dance with your eyes closed and play the tambourine. And she launched that tambourine like a grenade. One Sunday, I was a little guy sitting on the front row, and I saw a man dancing down the outside aisle, worshiping God. God was moving on him, and I knew I should move my feet, but I didn't. And he danced those pointy-toe, high-heeled cowboy boots all over my preteen feet. Tears burst out of my eyes, and one of the sweet ladies in church thought I had been touched, and I had been, just not by God. And she started praying for me, that's it, that's it, LJ, respond to what you feel. And I thought, sister, you do not want me to respond to what I feel. I can't feel my feet. I could write a book on things I've seen in church. I've seen miracles, I've seen signs and wonders. But I don't just want to see people run the aisles and dance down the aisles and play the tambourine and throw the tambourine. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God where the glory of God fills the house, whether it's God's house, whether it's our house, where the glory of God fills the house. And it's not because our favorite singer sang our favorite song or our favorite speaker spoke our favorite message. It's because the glory of God has filled the house. The closer we get to Jesus' coming, the more we will see his glory, but we will not see the glory of God if we are distant from him remote, removed from him. But if we want to see the glory of God, God's answer to us is the same as Moses. There is a place by me. And when we get to that place by God, 
we who have seen the goodness and the sovereignty and the power of God, we will see the glory of God. We will see God bring back backsliders and God forgive sinners and God save the lost and God fill the hungry and God deliver the addicted and God work the miracles and God heal the sick. And only God will get the glory. Let's get back on our knees where we pray, where we walk with God, where we seek after God. And when we get to that place by him, we will see the glory of God. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I love you. I want to get to that place by you. I do want to see signs and miracles and wonders in our day, but even more than that, I want to see your glory. God, I want to see your glory fill our house. I want to see your glory fill your house. I want to see your glory fill every kid's chapel, every chapel, also every living room, every dining room, every family room. I want to see your glory in our lives. I want to see your glory fill every classroom. I want to see your glory fill every hallway, high school hallway, middle school hallway, college, university. I want to see your glory fill our world. I pray today, God, help us as your people to get to that place by you where we walk with you, where we talk with you, where we pray, and where we see your glory. God, please, just as you did for Moses, I pray, show us your glory and help us as a people to get to that place by you where we get close to you and see your glory. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, God. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here in this, just in this room as I'm recording this podcast episode. I pray you can feel and see the glory of God in your life as you get closer to Him, as you get to that place by Him. Thanks so much for tuning in to Simplify. Really enjoy having you as a listener, and I appreciate so much you allowing this to be a part of your devotional life and helping you get to that place by Him. I've got some exciting news. My second book is just about to be released. It's going to be on PentecostalPublishing.com. It's also going to be available on Amazon. It is called Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments, and it walks through each of the commandments and what they meant to them in Israel and what they mean to us today as the church. And so if you would like to get a copy of that book, you can get it again at PentecostalPublishing.com, where you can also get a copy of Simplify. I just launched this podcast and all of those are available also on Kindle if you would prefer that from Amazon. I want to give a shout out to a couple of friends of mine who also have podcasts. Nathan French in Georgia has a great podcast called Noteworthy, where you can listen to that on all of the podcast platforms. And then I just discovered through Nathan French that Jake Walden, another friend of mine also in Georgia, has just launched a podcast recently called What Was I Thinking? I'd love to drive some traffic to his podcast. The first listener who listened to the podcast, reviews and rates it, he will send you his very own personal collectible baby Yoda. He's a big Star Wars fan, so that's a huge sacrifice. And I want to help him as he gets the podcast up and running. Go to What Was I Thinking with Jake Walden, W-A-L-D-E-N. I know he'll appreciate that. Thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Tie Your Shoes. That sounds kind of weird. Hope I can make it make sense. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.